0: You're listening to the John DiPietro show. Wow, very serious, sad news overnight. Seventeen-year-old died after a serious car crash. Let's in Writing, Cumberland. Let's pick up the news from Channel Twelve.
1: We now have an update from Cumberland Police on what we knew was a serious crash. We now know from police that it was fatal. We're told by Chief Matthew Benson, a 17-year-old boy was killed in this crash. It happened around 1045 last night on Menden Road, which was closed down in both directions overnight as police investigated and cleared the scene. We're told the driver was taken to the hospital and died. The driver of the other vehicle that the car crashed into was also brought to the hospital and uh, we also spoke with the owner of another car that was hit after that crash joe cortez will have full updates for us throughout the day latest update always on wpri.com
0: again um horrible news out of cumberland 17 years old crews responded you know i actually heard about this accident last night but it was a very busy day Mendon Road, t- right at a quarter of 11. One car on its side, another heavy front end damage. The, so the teen was driving south in the northbound lane when he struck another car that was pulling out from a side road. I want to repeat that. The investigation says the teen was driving south in the northbound lane, struck another car. Teen's vehicle left the roadway took out a utility pole and fire hydrant before tumbling a great distance, hitting a parked car before resting on its side. The victim was partially ejected, was not wearing his seatbelt, according to police. Police said the driver of the other vehicle refused medical assistance on the scene, and the road was shut down Several hours reopened at six o'clock. Speed, driving behavior, contributing factors in the crash. Now, this is obviously devastating news. You hate to hear of any young person. <clears throat> but as we walk through this, number one, quarter, you know, almost 11 o'clock, 17 years old. No seatbelt. Driving south in the northbound lane, left the roadway, took out utility pole fire hydrant. Now, it was dry last night, and a lot of the snow and ice has melted. Victim partially ejected not wearing his seatbelt. Don't have any details yet. I'm sure word, actually, as the day goes on word will start to filter out if it hasn't already exactly what happened but you hate to just see uh, a story like this just even the headline alone 17 year old killed in cumberland crash all right well let's make it earlier quarter of 11 17 years old you know I, i could see school night it's not that late be home by 11 but I don't get the no seatbelt and apparently speed was involved and plus you're on the wrong side of the road so and the driving behavior I don't I don't understand that part either um what now the the driver that was okay that refused medical assistance that had damage I mean what could have happened to that individual you know this this is another example of you you have to be so cautious on the roadway because you could just be going along doing everything right and then you encounter a driver like this. So I'm sure word will filter out exactly who this individual is. But there's so much preventable with this, starting with the seatbelt. I remember years ago, um, a friend of mine always used to say that a... State trooper told him, and he would point to the seatbelt and and say, "I never removed someone. In all my years, it was an older trooper. I never removed someone from a vehicle who was not alive that was wearing one of these. Meaning, you you greatly increase the chances, your chances, I should say, of surviving any type of incident or accident like this if at the, at the least." you have your seatbelt on so and totally preventable not god's will not god's will he, he's not in a better place needed to be arriving safely wherever he was going so but hate to even see something like this a lot of lives 17 year old boy has died serious two-car crash in cumberland and again Menden Road 1045 on Thursday night but Cumberland Police uh, Chief Benson excellent job with uh, you know they have to recreate what happened and they were out there pretty much all night trying to do that and then dealing with these uh, very difficult end result circumstances folks you're listening to the John DePietro Show the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln lunch dinner drinks in the lounge especially this time of year so much going on they always have a nice crowd right there full bar large dining area right there in the lounge easy to get to whether it's lunch or dinner a great meal is waiting for you at the lodge pub and eatery think of this since 1994 that's right celebrating the big anniversary this year I'll see you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, it's already been quite a day. We'll have up on uh, the website. We did a uh, Facebook Live on the scene live stream this morning. There was a <clears throat> armed standoff in Warwick Metro Boulevard at an um, extended stay so we don't have all the details just yet but uh it was quite a scene and uh warwick swat was there and again we'll have the video it's already up on facebook we'll have a post on youtube as well seems like it was some kind of a someone was taken out uh in a gurney into the ambulance and then i believe saw at least one person uh, put into a squad car but we'll we'll get more details started early this morning and then ended mm, i'd say it was probably a four-hour arm standoff where police there was heavy heavy swat inside of this extended stay we were outside you can see it now what else is happening how about the fact that Pal- Providence pallet shelters, the Foxy Village, set to open in early spring. Let's pick up the story with Channel 12, WPRI. Being
2: set up
3: next to the Foxy Lady.
0: Here we Both go. a
2: of Kayla Fish at tonight's meeting and joins us now with the
0: details. Yep. yep.
3: Well, there's a lot of support among city councilors and elected officials for these temporary pallet houses, which will be known as Echo Village here in Providence. But residents have their concerns, and they made them known here tonight. You're going in a freaking circle. What's the solution? Lydia Joko lives in Ward 12 in Providence not far from where the State Department of Housing has set up dozens of temporary pallet shelters on vacant land near the Foxy Lady Strip Club. It's ridiculous. It's frustrating. It's really frustrating. She attended a meeting Wednesday to bring her concerns to local leaders and those running the project. The 45 pallet shelters built and operated by the nonprofit House of Hope have locking doors, electricity, and other amenities to provide homeless individuals with a place to stay. Uh, something that more uh, safe and sound and stabilizing than perhaps their car or a tent maybe or the literal streets. But many who spoke at the meeting say they're upset they weren't told about the shelters before they were built. And I understand that
4: Um, but I think the majority of people think it's a good thing that people need to be housed. They they need to have some type of dignity and respect. So that's not the issue.
3: Others feel the temporary shelters don't address the housing crisis in general, including the
4: lack of affordable homes. Where is the solution? And I understand they keep saying, have the patience. Uh, It takes a little time. They need to get their heads together and find a solution, not keep passing the buck. We have to do what we have to do because it's getting worse instead of better.
3: Now, we were previously told that Echo Village would open in March, but leaders tonight tell me that they now expect the project to be up and running by early spring. In Providence, I'm Kayla Fish, 12 News.
0: Well, it sounds early spring, so it sounds like later into the month. Now, uh, we've had video on this. We've been live there, Foxy Village. I, I have to admit, I love the fact that Channel 12... I want to give credit to both Mike Monte Calvo, who I've known for a very, very long time, and also um, Kayla. I, I like the fact that they're saying the fox—it's right behind the Foxy Village. And, uh, excuse me, the Foxy League. and it is. So now, <clears throat> what it is is, if you're standing at where these pallet shelters are going to be, if you go straight down, that's where it's the ramp, and then that's actually ninety-five. If you look up. There's a street there, and then above the street there's a parking lot, and then on top of that is, in fact, the Foxy Lady. Now I I know of various uh, people that live in that. Well, not not a lot, but some people that live in that area, certainly business people. And they're not they're not thrilled about this at all, because it is certainly going to bring. It, it's going to bring crime. It's going to bring drugs. It's going to be people going at all times of the the day and night and uh, you know there's different facets of this now th- they can lock so what if there's somebody who you know that could be turned into a, like an arm standoff or what if you know they gonna have problems with people getting locked out there's going to be fights um we've, we've seen in the past when they tried to let some of these homeless individuals stay at the Cranston Street Armory it, it you know the the simplest thing it turned into a, a disaster. They had bathroom facilities, but restroom facility, whatever you want to call it, but a place where someone an adult could relieve themselves. But people would, if there was someone, if you know, I don't know what the all the details, but I think if there was someone that was in the restroom, either just waiting their turn or whatever, they then. People just like relieve themselves in the corner or inside the restroom. They would just, you know, relieve themselves on the floor. I mean, it, it turned into like a complete mess. So so that's one facet. Number two, they keep saying temporary. The, these people aren't leaving. They, where are they going? They're not going to go anywhere. I, I get that you have someone right now seemingly that maybe they sleep under an underpass and there are people that have nowhere to go so okay if 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 we're looking at this and you have someone who's either sleeping on the ground or on a park bench somewhere exposed or this it's it's like the size of a garden shed then 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 of course with it as heat and air conditioning that but i'm then they're not going to leave Because the type of vagabond lifestyle they live, they uh, part of, it it is like a vicious cycle. Part of why they don't work is if you always have to worry about where are you going to keep your things? Where are you going to use the restroom? Where is your next meal going to be? You spend all day, you have breakfast, and then you know you do whatever but then you have to then remember that at some point then you have to focus on you know that where are you going to get lunch and then where are you going to get dinner and then they they bounce around like that so i i um i'm not sure what to make of this other than in on the west coast in california when they have tried this it it ends up not being temporary housing the people then they never leave and, and they stay there. So so then they need to add more of them. I think this is just going to be the beginning. I don't know what the... I didn't say I have what the solution is. This doesn't sound like a solution. And with their conditioning, they are going to stay there in the summertime. It's going to be like these little shanty-type villages. Uh, they will be high crime. I think they're going to have a separate facility place that you could use the restroom. They're going to have volunteers working with them, what have you. But I, I am not convinced that this is this is uh, where sh- everything should be going. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323 9252 AJ Drywall Plasters Home Improvement Frame to Finish Basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic Ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions. Also, commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling. Contact them today. It's a family run business. AJ Drywall Plaster Home Improvements. Call for a free quote. What a difference they'll make in your home your ceilings floors basements 401-323-9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on facebook it's aj drywall plaster and home improvements for your home or business You're listening to The John DePietro Show. So Governor McKee has essentially been uh, AWOL all week. I mean, here it is the end of the week. He has not been seen. Now, Saturday, we believe he's going to show up at the uh, St. Patrick's Day parade in Pawtucket. So he's expected to march. I wonder what that will be like. Now, meanwhile, he still has not answered about his policy. And let's be very clear. Governor McKee has not clarified the Rhode Island policy when it comes to illegals. That, That issue is not going away. Both President Biden and President Trump will be at the border. And more of the crimes being committed by illegals in the country are being highlighted. And I am telling you, it is a matter of time before a very very serious crime um happens here in rhode island i want to play fox was talking about what happened on uh, fox news they had fox news channel they had the situation with the illegal that murdered that poor poor young um college student in Georgia.
3: But many of the tragic
2: consequences are still being felt of many who have illegally crossed and were released into the U.S. Nothing more prominent now than the tragic murder of Lakin Riley, the University of Georgia nursing student killed at the hands of uh, Jose Ibarra, the Venezuelan who crossed in El Paso in 2022 and was released. But that's not the only isolated case. We're learning now about many more. I can show you a full screen of this Salvadoran migrant illegally present according to ICE his name is Nelson Granados Trejo accused of murdering killing a tragic death of a 2-year-old infant and that doesn't stop in Maryland there go down to Louisiana in Kenner Louisiana a Honduran
0: migrant accused of raping at knife point a 14-year-old teenage girl you know it is just <clears throat> it is endless right now and we do have crime here in Rhode Island one of the reasons why it's not highlighted as much is simply because in Rhode Island, Governor McKee has it that our law enforcement agencies don't question what their immigration status is. So it doesn't automatically come out when a lot of this, uh, when a lot of these things happen, when a lot of these crimes start to happen so so but there was a story that in in Massachusetts they you know they just arrested another Guatemalan child molester sexual assault there's there's definitely something you know there's 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 an element of the culture that we've kind of touched on that in I've touched on anyway that in in South America they Seemingly, uh, you know, a lot of the, the males go for younger women, and it, it seemingly is not against the law or frowned upon the way it is here. But it is um, – and, and right now, I think it's also interesting that we're on our own. Mass Democrats weighing tightening shelter program amid migrant influx, lack of federal help. The federal help is not coming. So, this story in the globe no there's no mounting costs, no signs of help from Washington, nor will there be so in Massachusetts, they're saying they administer a shelter program costs are expected to reach one billion this year, another one billion next year. But then, when you break down exactly who you know who is there, half of the people that are there are not even supposed to be in the country right now so i mean this is um think of how i mean just think of the amount of money healy governor healy last year mora healy imposed a 7500 family cap on the system and then it turned out that half of them are in fact of that the 7500 3745 we're migrants, refugees, or asylum seekers. It's not designed that way. The money's not supposed to go there. The regular Americans are not receiving the resources they should. We're importing all this poverty. Folks, you're listening to The John DiPietro Show. Propane Plus. Call them today. Heating and Cooling in Rhode Island 401- 885-4209 in massachusetts 508-252-3359 for propane Plus. plus three generations you can always depend on propane plus for all your heating and cooling call them today 401-885-4209 three generations they're available 24 7 for service and delivery and they're going to serve you for a very long time they have a great user-friendly website you just log on at propaneplus.com And then you type in your zip code, residential, commercial, propane plus, heating and cooling, always there for you. Give them a call today in Rhode Island, 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. The Johnson family, three generations, heating and cooling. You can always depend on propane plus. Oil needs make it Henry oil call Henry oil today 401-521-0200 reliable affordable fuel oil delivery call Henry oil today fuel oil diesel gasoline delivery it's Henry oil residential commercial fuel oil delivery since 1947 they also have budget plans service contracts lack lock and cap pricing you can depend on henry oil call them today 401-521-0200 serving most of Rhode Island in southeastern Mass we got a long way to go with winter make sure that tank is filled call Henry oil today 401-521-0200 Henry oil a local family-run business since 1947 that you can depend on for all your oil needs, call Henry Oil today, 401 521 0200. Follow On the Scene Live Stream. That's our Facebook Live Stream page. You can go to the website, DiPietro.com. There's a link there. Or on Facebook, just find the John DiPietro Show. That's where we do the on the scene live stream, follow all the action. make sure you follow our Facebook page. You're listening to the John DiPietro show. Let's go with some sound recent sound, starting with this is a good piece on sixty minute on uh, sixty minutes talking about China, and they had Ambassador Nicholas Burns saying it's a battle right now America's democratic society, and China's communist state. And he paints a pretty frightening picture of, of just how powerful China is right now. I want you to listen to this.
5: The war ended. We all thought our system had won. Yeah. You know, their system failed. Our system rose up. Now he's come back and said, no, no, the communist system's the right way. I guess we didn't bury that, after all.
2: You know, it's, it's interesting to compare the old Cold War with this time. What distinguishes this time versus the old Cold War, Soviet Union had a strong military and nuclear weapons. It had a very weak economy, which in no way competed with ours. China's economy is very strong. We're dealing with an adversary, a competitor in China, stronger than the Soviet Union was in the 1940s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s.
5: So if that was a Cold War, what are you calling this?
2: It's a competition of ideas, a battle of ideas. Our idea, America's big idea of a democratic society and human freedom versus China's idea that a communist state is stronger than a democracy. We don't believe that. So there's a battle here as to whose ideas should lead the world. And we believe those are
0: American ideas. You know, I think that um, I think I fully recognize why the Republicans and Team Trump are, I, I get that, going after Biden and the Biden administration and with very good reason, as a matter of fact. However, the more you we step back. They should, in fact, I believe, be more of a focus, and we have to do something about China, what an adversary they are to us. And by the way, I want to give credit to it was really President Trump that it was President Trump that really drew people's attention and really was also, I believe, one of the first leaders In talking about, um, you know, although we have to, and I think it's an interesting dynamic, manage competition from China, but also keep the peace with China, right? I mean, no one, certainly don't want to go to war with them, but right now that relationship, it's a very important relationship, and I think that's an interesting dynamic that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about because it is true there was such a focus during the cold war and here you have a country that actually as you know as they lay out has a much stronger economy than the soviet union did at that time so this is something i believe how we're going to deal with china i believe that should be more in the forefront now there's a a tremendous number of chinese military age men that have been making their way into our country because of biden in the open border and and that is something that you know absolutely should not be happening i want to go back to the 60 minute piece i thought it was um Really excellent. Listen to a little bit more of this.
5: Why is that and how much of a problem is that for them?
2: That's a real problem for this economy. They have 1.4 billion people here. They've got to keep it growing and foreign capital is important. You ask why. I think there's been a contradiction in the messaging from the
0: government here in China. What they're talking about is money leaving China
2: to the rest of the world on the one hand they say we're open for business we want american china uh, japanese businesses here but on the other hand they've raided six or seven american businesses since last march raided raided they've gone into american companies and shut them down and made accusations we believe are very much unwarranted
5: the American companies include Bain & Company and... The Mintz Group, a company that does due diligence for other companies that might want to invest here, was raided last year. Five of its Chinese employees were taken into custody, and they're still there. Another firm, Cat Vision, was raided. Lest the message wasn't loud and clear, a report about it was put on state-run television. It accused Western consulting firms of espionage and stealing national security and military secrets. They want the investment to come back, and they're raiding American companies, and they're...
2: They've passed an amendment to their counter espionage law, and it's written in such a general way that it could be that American business people could be accused of espionage for engaging in practices that are perfectly legal and acceptable everywhere else in the world collecting data to do due diligence so that you can decide whether you want to invest in a company or form a joint venture right
5: what do you think the Chinese are afraid that these companies are gonna find out these due diligence companies what are they worrying
2: about? you know I think they want to control data about the Chinese people about Chinese companies And so uh, that,
5: I think, is at the heart of the problem with those American companies operating in that sphere. Ambassador Burns told us that's just one of the concerns he hears about. There is still intellectual property theft from American companies here. Is every American company afraid of that? Yes. All kinds of U.S. companies began flocking to China in the early 1980s after the country opened to the West under then-leader Deng Xiaoping. And now U.S. banks operate here. Walmart has more than 300 stores across the country. Shoppers here in Shanghai can buy Levi's, browse in an Apple store, and get a caramel frappuccino.
2: Starbucks has 6,000 stores in China, 1,000 stores in Shanghai, and they want to keep building, because coffee, this was a tea culture. For hundreds of years, it's now becoming, at least with the young Chinese, a coffee culture.
5: And and they love Starbucks? They
2: love Starbucks, and I'll buy you a cappuccino.
5: I'll take one. Thank you. (laughs) Boeing's here. So is Tesla, Pfizer, Chevron, Intel. But while some businesses are thriving, many of the foreign companies are worried about the business climate under President Xi Jinping.
2: If you track China from the death of Mao, to the opening of China to the world. We've seen a closing of sorts. We've seen a centralization of power of the party. We've seen increased repression of the people of China here. That's a very significant trend just over the last decade.
0: You know, they continue to just be a major threat. Again, it was a very good piece by Leslie Stall on 60 Minutes. You're listening to The John DePetro Show. AEP Services. They take great pride in installing fences of all kinds, vinyl, wood, aluminum, chain link, experience, quality, integrity. Call AEP Services today for quality fence, home or business, 401-228-7190, 401-228-7190. Residential fence, commercial fence, steel, wood guard, rail, they have it all. Beautiful aluminum product, decorative landscape it adds a lot to it for your stunning property call the experts today aep services 401-228-7190 residential or commercial why not enjoy your backyard a little privacy or maybe keep a pet or young children inside remember they also have fences they're resilient water resistant call today 401-228-7190 free quote AEP services the fence experts four oh one two two eight seventy one ninety you're listening to the John DePtro Show Providence Journal has the story, and that is that Governor McKee now they're requesting more time to hand over documents to the feds so right now apparently the feds are giving the Rhode Island DOT and the McKee administration more time to produce washington bridge records story by patrick anderson giving them a little extra time they had last month set a deadline that it was supposed to be i believe this week actually on monday but instead they verbally have agreed to extend it and now all of this is leading up till march 18th and what this has to do with they're investigating false claims made to receive payment for construction repair inspection on the west brown bridge and that continues to obviously be a disaster and nightmare now we also have the johnston sunrise you know they have been doing an excellent job and they're really the ones that set things in motion regarding the situation with attorney general peter naroda going on the record regarding this situation with ice now they have a new update now in a rare stinging rebuke of state officials by an enforcement wing of the federal government it was it was actually and that is with ice where they released and they're going after the mckee administration for releasing someone undocumented child molestation felony charges and they write was this a matter of policy or terrible error well ice has responded saying they're not sorry and they stand by their initial criticism that sparked and ignited the um the whole story so now governor mckee this week still has not responded actually he hasn't exactly been available so we'll see at some point someone can get a microphone in front of him he also said he was having the state police investigate this so but let's go to the johnston sunrise story mckee office provided rhode island division a sheriff's incident report last april 2023 and they say they received a phone call saying that the immigrant illegal from guatemala child molester had posted fifty thousand dollar bail But ICE had a detainer lodged at the prison. So this seems to be semantics where they're saying, well, he's at the courthouse. If they had just sent him back to the prison, then ICE had a detainer there. So the McKee people are playing it fast and loose, saying, oh, they they only had it at the prison, they didn't have it at the courthouse. Well, that's because the McKee people did not inform ICE that he was about to, you know, he was making bail and then was still, in fact, at the courthouse. So that's what it seems to come down to. Now, the McKee people, Governor McGreed, his people say, oh, our hands were tied. We weren't ignoring the detainer, the detainer pertained to the ACI he was at the at the courthouse at the time well it's the same thing the sheriff's report to governor mckee folks with with all of this i want to come back to the background is february 6th there's an arrest of a guatemalan national charge sexual assault to rhode island now that was just this this month february 15th they call out the aci where they say he had been detained and said they ignored the detainer meaning the aci ice is making these accusations and they released him So the warden at the ACI referred request to comment to chief information officer PR at the prison who provided an official statement on Monday, February 19th and says the inmate was discharged from the court, not from the ACI. Later that day, the ACI confirmed They still follow the 2014 Chafee policy, which says to ignore the ICE detainee. That's the bottom line. So the McKee people trying to say, oh, he was released because he was at the courthouse. Uh, No, even if he had been released back to the prison, they still ignore the ICE orders. So here it is. Governor McKee still has not answered the question regarding is he following the 2014 chafee now governor chafee executive order saying from no from going forward we're not going to follow uh direction from ice now the case is next scheduled pre-trial conference on march 13th now attorney general peter narona his office revealed they had argued the case to try to keep him in custody but it came down to governor mckee was insisting this guy get released and then there's been a little bit of a war of words but this is i think the best way to sum this up now in the sunrise story they asked the question is rhode island a sanctuary state uh aclu stephen brown who helped who really to helped to persuade governor chafee to issue the 2014 directive which basically moved rhode island into sanctuary state said we agree with the governor And that the criticism aimed at his office by ICE, Attorney General, is unwarranted. Now, again, what do you expect the ACLU to do? Meaning, what do you expect them to say is what I I meant to say. It's worth emphasizing that this is an incident that took place and they were concerned it was a flight risk. But the judge was proven right. That's not the point that is absolutely not the point and governor mckee needs to realize what side he's on which is he's with the aclu and the aclu was with governor chafee saying ignore ice and don't detain these people even though they put a federal detainer on him and instead just release them. don't don't you know keep them in custody and it was also last week that both house minority leader mike chippendale and Senate Minority Leader Jessica De La Cruz issued a joint statement, said Governor McKee needs to reveal his plan should a large group of illegals arrive at our doorstep. And what about the fact Rhode Island's status as a sanctuary state? And it is a sanctuary state. So now the article also has the mayor of Johnston, Mayor johnson mayor joseph Pol- polisina jr he basically said mckee is trying to deflect blame times of crisis all he does is try to defect, uh, deflect blame whether it's the washington bridge there's a quote now the insane patucket soccer stadium deal this lapse with the illegal governor mckee should channel his efforts into implementing strategic measures Policina called McKee the Bailey Zappy of governors, more third-string quarterback than team coach. Wow. Boom. Mic drop. Again, you can read the story in the Johnson Sunrise. Folks, you're listening to The John DiPietro Show. For all your tree needs, call Yankee Tree today. The tree trimming experts in Lincoln. Call Yankee Tree at 401 439 6028 whether it's tree removal stump grinding tree pruning emergency service bucket truck service even bobcat service you can depend on yankee tree remember 24 7 emergency service is available they are fully insured licensed arborist yankee tree with all these storms don't let some dangerous branches fall onto your home or business call yankee tree today 401 439 6028 the tree trimming experts in lincoln you can depend on yankee tree service call them 401-439-6028 free quote 24 7 emergency service yankee tree service there when you need them 401-439-6028 you're listening to the john DePietro show so we reported last week that on Thursday someone spotted what appeared to be a body in the Winnesquatucket River right behind Providence Place Mall. Well, it turned out to be a homicide. If you check to Petro.com, there's two women that apparently killed a third woman. They were all in custody, and now, give credit, NBC ten, they were able to get an interview with the father of the victim. He apparently is now living in Utah. It's a bizarre story and um i want to play some of the audio of NBC10's story on this.
1: Paul Gascoigne tells me his daughter had a huge heart and she always stuck up for the underdog. But she had a tough early life.
0: She was
6: kind of always up for a challenge and she uh, was a hard worker and uh, she was just a soul.
1: Paul Gascoigne says he's trying to find out why his daughter Catherine was killed. Her body was found in a river along Promenade Street in Providence last week, but police tell Paul she was killed Christmas Day.
6: Tragically, uh, I spoke to Catherine on Christmas Eve.
1: Two women, Dusty Turner and Aja Lovett, are charged with murder. Paul say police tell him Catherine was killed at her Woonsocket apartment as part of a theft.
6: I don't know who they are. I don't know what their relationship was to Catherine, uh, if any. So I I don't know how they they became involved in her life and ultimately her death.
1: Paul adopted Catherine when she was seven years old, along with her sister. They were very close.
6: We played tennis together. She was an amazing athlete. She was left-handed and uh so i i taught her at a young age to play tennis because i play a lot of tennis
1: eventually he moved to utah and captain came to live with him for five years before moving back to the east coast paul says she yearned for a family and was living with her partner who has kids when she was killed
6: she struggled i think with with uh with life in a lot of ways i think it was it was difficult and challenging for her but she was always trying to do the right thing and
0: you know it's so bizarre um killed in front of the partner Uh, doesn't seem like the partner said anything father says they're very close have it's it's almost march haven't spoken since christmas eve Uh, again i i don't know what to make of that story um that's what he believes we also then don't know where the body was this entire time the whole I, i i mean is it possible that it's been in the water the entire time i i mean i guess so seems like a long time that river does not get that deep and one would think that someone would have seen it prior to this but i i don't i'm not sure what to make of that story but again we do have uh some pictures and what police have released on the website Petro.com. now i also want to mention <clears throat> channel 12 has a big story uh that they have unveiled regarding the housing crisis in rhode island it's pretty interesting people want to live southern new england has become some strong demand blah 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 midwest they're struggling with depopulation um but strong command can, demand can turn into bad news now i still question who are some of these people moving in here I don't think a lot of them are citizens. However, a report 2016 commissioned, housing, Rhode Island housing, warned the state had to add 34 to 40 thousand housing units, but so far only 18 thousand have been added, half of what was recommended. So then you get the explosion in prices. Back in 2000, the median single-family home in Rhode Island cost 135 thousand. <clears throat> prices jumped during the housing bubble crashed around 0809 started to slowly recover since the pandemic prices have skyrocketed so now the median single-family home cost 430,000 in 2023 a 33 percent increase since 2019 and double the price a decade ago far fewer homes are coming on the market homeowners hold on to three percent mortgage while new construction takes place little very little new construction a lot of other factors. Uh millennial generation have reached prime age, starting growing families. Older generations are living longer, many aging in place, more people living alone. Needs means you need more housing units than in years. <clears throat> Rhode Island's also surrounded by wealthier states. Can make Rhode Island like a bargain. In Massachusetts, the median single family home cost six hundred thousand last year, up from four hundred twelve in twenty nineteen. So state leaders are trying to tackle the problem. The Speaker has made it a top priority. So Governor McKee, the General Assembly, they've poured $321 million into the state's Federal American Rescue Plan Act to uh, housing programs. They've also revamped housing laws. It's not easy sometimes to get some of this stuff done. Um, So Channel 12, and I give them credit. This is, uh, you know, they've taken this on certainly seems like a lot of work has gone into this i think now we'll see how the entire story uh comes out but as i have mentioned i think one of the things that i'm curious to see is if in fact they even mention the number of new arrivals into the state that are also taking up many of the low-income apartments as i've talked about in in different sections that years ago you would have people that that um that just lived in kind of you know in certain neighborhoods but they would get a, a two bedroom or maybe you know whatever one bedroom two bedroom even a three bedroom well now when you have those filled by people from foreign lands and they're living eight to ten people in a three-bedroom apartment that's squeezing the normal people that would live in that apartment out and that's i'm not saying that's entirely the reason certainly less about housing but but i i think you can't ignore it either all of the people that are in the state living illegally that are living in apartments they're they're taking the residence of someone that could live there so, I, I, I again, I'm not saying it's all of it, but I don't believe it, it can be ignored, and I think it comes into play. So, I'm, I'm very interested, interested to see how that's going to be covered or if it's even going to be mentioned in the course of them doing their story on it. Folks, you're listening to The John DePetro Show. The Lodge, Pub, and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln— lunch dinner drinks in the lounge especially this time of year so much going on they always have a nice crowd right there full bar large dining area right there in the lounge easy to get to whether it's lunch or dinner a great meal is waiting for you at the lodge pub and eatery think of this since 1994 that's right celebrating the big anniversary this year i'll see you at the lodge pub and eatery 40 breakneck hill road in lincoln you're listening to the john DePietro show let's go to the border the two frontrunners were both there president biden and president trump and both visiting the border with the split screen over
4: his handling of the immigration crisis president biden visiting the border to confront a growing political challenge Apprehensions have soared to record highs under his administration. The president Thursday briefed by Border Patrol on the banks of the Rio Grande. And blasting House Republicans for tanking a bipartisan border deal at Donald Trump's urging. It's the
2: toughest set of border security reforms we've ever seen in this country. It's time for the speakers and some of my Republican friends in Congress for blocking this bill to show a little spine.
4: Trump pressuring Republicans to kill the bill, eager to deny President Biden a political win on an issue Trump wants to run on himself. The bill has the backing of the conservative border union. We asked one of their top officials, Chris Cabrera, why. What's the biggest impact of Washington failing to pass that bill? Um, it's the security of our country. Former President Trump urged Republicans not to pass that deal. What'd
6: you make of that? I mean, that's
4: politics for you. Was it a perfect bill? No, it wasn't a perfect bill, Um, but it's better than the status quo what's going on now. Ultimately, he says the president is responsible for the situation at the border. You get to make the decisions and he made those decisions and unfortunately, um, you know, the buck stops with him. 300 miles away in Eagle Pass, Donald Trump argued Biden's policies caused this crisis, blaming the president for what he described as lawlessness at the border. This is a Biden invasion over the past three years. Trump, who also struggled to contain this crisis, now promising to go even further than he did in his first term, considering detention camps and mass deportations, though deportations actually dropped significantly when he was in office, far below his predecessor, Barack Obama. Now, President Biden with a new tactic, an invitation to Trump to put border security above politics to solve this problem.
2: Instead of telling members of Congress to block this legislation, join me. Or I'll join you in telling the Congress to pass this bipartisan border security bill. So instead of playing politics with the issue, why don't we just get together and get it done?
4: Now, the president is still hoping that bill will pass, but knows that is a real long shot right now. And that is why he's also considering taking executive action, including tough new asylum restrictions and capping daily crossings at the border. The president knows that this is now a real political liability for him in this campaign and is eager to show voters, Michael, that he's doing everything he can to address the issue.
0: Yeah, I think it's too little too late, though. And I think uh, the decision's already been made. He and Harris, the VP, they allowed this to permeate this way. Why wasn't he there two years ago? Why wasn't he there one year ago? Suddenly now it's chaos and he decides he's going to go. I don't think voters are going to buy it. Folks, you're listening to The John DiPietro Show.